My message tonight is going to be uh, walk in unity. Ephesus chapter 4, verse 17 through chapter 5, verse 21 is what we're going to cover tonight. Uh, in the opening verses here, Paul's writing, uh, he always starts with grace and uh, followed by peace and uh, uh, sometimes he'll... Uh, preach Christ before he ever gets started with a sermon. He'll already have uh, uh, told uh, his audience uh, what Christ did for us right there at the beginning, right off the bat. Uh, so grace comes first, followed by peace and mercy. Uh, have, you, have you ever considered that right from the beginning of each of these books, uh, regardless of who's writing them, oftentimes in the New Testament, we see uh, Christ at the very beginning. And it's easy to overlook uh, those introductory scriptures, because we normally think of it as just being an uh, opening to their message. But uh, all doctrine must be built upon Christ, and I think that's what they're doing here by uh, mentioning him at the, at the very beginning. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, and fertility of their mind having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to the lewdness, to the work of uncleanness with greediness, but have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have learned, have heard him, you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deep lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness. So as Paul here is writing to, uh, to, the, uh, to Ephesus who he helped get firmly established on his third missionary journey and he had spent three years there pastoring this church uh, before he left it in the hands of Timothy. And Paul says here in verse 17 that once you've been saved, that your walk needs to change a little bit. We've covered our sins with uh, Christ's blood, and we've been called to strive to reflect Christ's image. The beginning of verse 20 is discussing biblical knowledge, which we must obtain to fully understand our purpose in Christ. When I first started... Uh, Seminary, I thought, uh, I guess kind of elementary thought that the pastors didn't deal with the same kind of sin that I, that I had to deal with. You know, they, they, they weren't like that. They didn't have to deal with that. But I, I learned uh, since I've been there for this, my fourth year, I should graduate this year, that that's just not the case. The pastors struggle just like everybody else does. They're only close to God because they're in the Word more than, we, more than most people, I say. And uh, so they're not uh, immune to struggle. And I think any pastor will tell you that. Um, somehow, you know, I, I thought that, that pastors lived, lived above sin. And uh, because they lived above sin, they didn't have to worry what I was worrying about. So just in case you're wondering, everybody knows, or everybody should know, that uh, pastors struggle as well. Christians sh uh, can't resist all sin, although we should attempt to keep our sin nature back. This morning, I preached at uh, Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church over close to Sheridan. And the example I used this morning was a 
Any, how many of y'all remember clotheslines? Most of y'all is probably too young to remember that. Or maybe we got some older people in here tonight. But uh, on a clothesline, you know, when you hang, hang clothes outside, that some of them would fall from time to time. Some of them would fall off the line if the wind got to blowing or whatever. But, you know, when, when the clothes fall off the line, you don't walk over there and stomp the clothes in the ground. That'd be kind of foolish. We pick them up and we shake them off, put them back on the line. And we as Christians, we're going to screw up. I mean, that's just part of, part of life. We're going to screw up. Nobody's perfect. And we just got to get back in uh, line with God when we screw up so we don't drift further and further away. Verse 25 through 32, Therefore, putting away, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give a place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, and that he may, may have something to give him who, who is in need. Let no, corrupt, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed, for the day of redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking but be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. So, whenever, you know, whenever we have someone sin against us, we're called to not... Uh, sin against them. I'd just be returning the same thing for, for the same thing. We're, we're called to be different. Uh, but it's a choice to avoid sin or create sin, just like God gave Adam and Eve a choice. He gives us a choice whenever, whenever we're approached with sin. And because uh, he always said there's a, he makes a way of escape, always. And, and we're called to make moral choices that others might see Christ in us. If we're going to be in a restaurant and we sit down to eat and we don't pray, how are people going to know that we're any different than everybody else in there? They're not. They're not. We as Christians are called to be different. And I think I, in my life I know that I've avoided that call at times. And we can't be different if we walk into a place and nobody can tell any difference of and we just keep our mouth shut. We can't be any different that way. We have to uh, stand up, and we, gotta, we have to act different than they do. <clears throat> Christ forgave you. There are different, there's a difference between willful sinning and uh, sinning by design or sinning, sinning due to happenstance. I know you've heard that uh, people, people say, well, sin, sin. Well, if you plan sin in your mind, you think about that sin, you go out to make that sin happen. That's premeditated sin, is it not? But if you hit your, hit your finger with a hammer and you say a bad word, well, you didn't plan that out. You know, that happened, but you didn't plan it out. So there is a big difference between planning your sin and going out with the intent to sin and sinning by mistake. Uh, <clears throat> the last verse says, and be kind. The Greek translation is to be kind and continue being kind. Don't be a, be a person who puts on God in front of the church 
but takes off God in front of everybody else. Um, that's not a very good uh, Christian example, and uh, we, we can't do that if, we, if we're going to be different than the world. Ephesians 5, 1 through 7 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and be given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let, be, let not even be named among you, as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor, nor foolishness talking, no foolish talking, nor coarse gestures, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks for this. You know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Be imitators of God and don't walk in love. My mind, <coughs> excuse me, I think I said that wrong, and walk in love. Uh, my mind immediately goes to my parents because when our parents raise us up, they, they should be uh, teaching us what's right and wrong. And now that I'm a, a grandparent, I can see my parents take my grandkids' hand, and I, I think uh, that, you know, I, I'd been a little smarter if I took the time to listen to what they were saying instead of thinking that they were just riding me, you know, and uh, looking at it uh, from a negative standpoint. But, um, you know, I kind of smile inside now when my parents are with my grandkids. Of course, the great-grandkids can't do nothing wrong, but... Um, they, uh, I think we fail to see what's going on, you know, in the sight of where we are when, you, when we're younger. But uh, because we aren't around, I guess, you know, I don't, uh, my grand, grandson, he, he gets in some trouble sometimes, but I guess uh, I'm not around him all the time, so I don't see all the, the trouble he might get into. And uh, every time my son comes over to visit, uh, we got William William here now. We adopted him, and uh, he says, uh, boy, y'all don't get on to him for nothing. He said, I'd have got a whooping if I'd have said that. Y'all need, need to whoop him. But uh, uh, I, I guess, I, you know, if I had to be honest, I probably have uh, mellowed out a little bit, and I uh, probably don't ride William as hard as I used to ride my, my son. But uh, uh, I think... Uh, when my son comes over and watches, uh, excuse me, I realize uh, that I probably gained some knowledge from my parents over the years and considered uh, the parents of God, consider the patience God had with us. You know, he has to have a whole lot of patience to put up with our, the way we are. But, you know, when we, when we realize that we messed up and we turn back to God, he doesn't ever fail to put us in his arms and take us back. He doesn't ever turn his back on us. And I think it's important that we, as Christians, see that, you know, God's always there for us. I spent times in my life where, uh, you know, I, I kept us out of church, my whole family out of church, because, uh, you know, I would offer the excuse of, uh, I'm not going to go to church if I can't pay the tithing. We can't afford to pay tithing right now. I'm not going to go to church and act like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all whole and mighty, and, and here I am sinning, you know, in the world. And, 
it took me a long time to realize that this not, that's not the way we need to look at it. You know, this is a, this is a hospital for sick people right here. You know, it's not a, not a place that everybody's going to come in here and they, look at that Epinet boy over there. I just seen him up at wherever the place might have been last week. You know, we're, people aren't like that here. We're here to love each other. People get out of order. We're supposed to love them and talk to them and ask them if we can help them. And, uh, old brother Bob over here, he, uh, he moved in next door to me, what, about a year ago now? About three. Well, it's been longer than I thought it had. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I moved in next door to you. It wasn't the other way around. We've been there for a year now. But uh, he's, uh, he's been really uplifting to me and... Uh, Brother Bob pastored for a number of years over in Little Rock and School for the Deaf, right? Isn't that right? Antioch. And uh, he's really, really been uplifting for me. And I, I talk to him a lot, and I always see him outside, you know. And his brothers and sisters in our church are, are here to uh, lift us up, you know, to, to make, make us realize that we're, we're loved as Christians. And uh, we need our church body. We need our church family. And... Um, that, uh, you know, it, it comes across as uh, spirit, spiritual maturity and uh, things we learn over time. <clears throat> sometimes we just need to be lovingly corralled back into the flock. And then sometimes we see families here uh, one weekend and, and they join the church and then a month later we don't see them anymore. And if, if we go out to check on these people and they're out living like they've never, never been in the church before, and we, we try to talk to them. We've got we've to be on guard, and we've got to know that we're in a dangerous situation. And God tells us we're in a dangerous situation when that happens, but in order for us to be on guard, we have to have some knowledge of the Scripture. And uh, the devil loves getting one of us out there, you know, and showing us what this life, you know, how, how attractive this life is. And we, we, uh, we really have to be careful about that and turn from it. Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 says, for you, were once, for you were once darkness, but now you are light, now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out how acceptable to finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them for it is shameful, shameful even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret, done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. In a world full of darkness, it's, uh, it's good to be sheltered by God's light. You know, he kind of holds an a umbrella over us and, and keeps us uh, sheltered in his light. Uh, Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I know most of us remember our experiences before we were Christians, uh, some of us uh, are luck lucky enough that we were raised, or some of uh, them were lucky enough that, uh, looking at Ben over here, I don't see any other kids out here. He'd been raised in church all his life. He had not, never known any different, but all people aren't that way. 
And uh, I know most of us uh, think about our life, and I walked for a long time with one foot in the light and one foot in the darkness. And you can't really, that ain't really possible, is it? You can't walk with God and walk with the devil at the same time. You know, you can't walk a line like that. Either you're all the way in the light or you're all the way in the dark. You can't be on both sides at one time. And John, uh, 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness. <clears throat> we can't live for Christ while we're still feeding our flesh. <clears throat> Stevie Wonder wrote a song called Part-Time Lover. And in that song, he says, Knowing it's wrong, but feeling it's so right. Isn't that kind of how the devil, devil makes us feel? We're wrong. We're, we're, we know we're wrong. We go over there, but the devil says, oh, man, it, it ain't that bad, you know. You're not doing that bad. Ain't nobody going to see. Stay over here for a while. But it's all a mirage. When we get over there, we see, man, this ain't, ain't what I thought it was, you know. But if we, if we realize that, why don't we just get out of it? And get back, uh, get, get back over in the light. We don't always do that. Sometimes I've, uh, you know, stayed in the darkness just for silly reasons I mentioned earlier. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. See that you walk circum, circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what we will what will of the Lord is, what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is such dispensation, but but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to no other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for for all things to come, for all things God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another. In fear of God. <clears throat> when we read the Bible, I don't always uh, get a clear understanding every time I read it or understand what it's saying, but sometimes it takes me, I have to read it five or six times before I finally understand what it means. And I might have to re reference other scriptures to understand what it means. Uh, so if we're not spending time there, the picture that we're looking at will never clear up for us. Uh, when a, when a bull rider goes out to ride a bull, you think he just goes out there and jumps on the back and hopes for the best? I don't think so. He, he checks it out and figures out how to do it before he gets out there and tries it. <clears throat> the Bible isn't complicated. It was written with one picture in mind, Christ and him crucified from cover to cover. It's all about Christ. The past, present, and future all have one savior, one savior. It's about the one sinless Jesus Christ who came and sacrificed himself as a submission for our sins. These last few verses talk about walking under the umbrella of salvation and striving to turn uh, from sin, all the while lifting our brothers and sisters up in Christ. It's not, it's not that hard of a message to understand. It doesn't require abounding knowledge, only basic understanding of sin and humility or humanity, and God's cure for sin. We need also to understand the Bible never stops teaching us. But we have to willing, be willing to spend the time there before we're going to gain the knowledge. You can't just read the scripture and, and automatically understand what it means and what context it's in. 
so sometimes it takes takes a while. So years and years ago, it's been a long time now, but I used to teach Sunday school class at I guess the first church we were members of when we when we got married. But uh, I taught Sunday school class there some and just fill in, and then I I brought the kind of the opening uh, prayer and devotion every Sunday, but. I think back on that time now, and, and I wasn't moving closer to God at all. None. I, I wasn't even getting even close. Because I was, not only was I not studying my scripture, I was reading it when I got there, and I was reading what the, the little Sunday school quarterly said it was supposed to mean. I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere close, and uh, my, my Christian walk grew absolutely none during that time. If anything, I grew further away from God because I was giving uh, minimal effort at church and I was just allowing sin to creep in. When sin starts creeping in, you're letting it creep in. It just kind of keeps grabbing on you harder and harder, you know. Uh, so <clears throat> we really don't grow unless we actively are searching for both God's plan in our life and attempting to obtain the knowledge of God's Word. If you don't understand God's Word and need help, there are countless people in, the, in this church. There are countless places online that you can look. But just don't sit there and be ignorant about it. If you don't understand it, ask somebody that does or, or try to figure it out yourself. Uh, if anyone ever needs anything from me, I'm here every Sunday. Unless I'm preaching somewhere, I'm here. And uh, I have a Sunday school class upstairs by the youth room. Well, there's two of us there. One of us can be gone. And if you need to need some help uh, understanding Christianity, I'd be happy to, to walk you through it, as would many, many people here. Uh, so tonight we've covered uh, how to walk boldly as Christians and be a reflect, reflection of the Lord, to turn from our former lust and be an example as how Christ has changed us. That we should be united as a Christian body and help each other with whatever problems may arise. That we, should let the, we shouldn't let the sun go down on our, our anger in our hearts. Uh, something my wife used to preach to me a lot. I didn't listen to that either. But, uh, you know, we kind of grow in knowledge over time and we, we realize our faults. <clears throat> that when we're faced with sin... God always provides a way of escape. It didn't say he sometimes provides a way of escape. He said he always provides a way of escape. So when we sin, we actively have chosen to sin. That we as Christians have to be mindful when offering help to our brothers and sisters who have fallen away so we ourselves don't fall away. And I think that's why sometimes when people go out to people's houses, they take two people. One of us could slip up, but the other one, ain't both of us going to slip up. Um, that when, we're, when Christians are under the umbrella of the Lord's light and here for his purpose, that we're where we need to be in Christ. And we as a church body are under the umbrella of God, and we should stay that way. That the Lord is one breath away when we fall into sin and we think we can't walk away from it. The Lord's one breath away. It's like that last breath we, we take when we die. We take the next breath in heaven. But right now, we're one, one breath away from God in prayer. So if you think you can't handle it, God's right there with us. Uh, 